You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rodas solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern here on a Thursday afternoon as week three kicks off tonight. Man, it just flies by. That's the thing about the NFL season. You have to enjoy it because all of a sudden it's gone, and it felt like we were talking about draft reviews and preparing for the season for a while, and now all of a sudden – we are here in week three. Kicks off tonight with not the most exciting game of the world, Tennessee-Jacksonville. But, hey, there's betting, there's player props, and there's fantasy. So uh, we'll be watching. I know I will. Uh, maybe some of you will not because it's not the most exciting game. But, again, it's all important and love watching games isolated. Obviously, Sundays are fun, but so much going on. So it's good to get that one game in isolation. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88, and check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. I'll have the Deep Sleeper article up on the site tomorrow. Right now, we got the NFL Week 3 Thursday Night Football Showdown preview for those that play there. We got the Fantasy Football Stock Watch. We got the Thursday Night Football preview with a Vegas twist. The NFL DFS Week 3 Running Back Report. Uh, the Slack Chat the optimizer helping you out with all our projections. And if you have any specific questions, you could ask them on the message boards and the forum. So check us out there. Use the promo code RONAS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. You could also find on uh, my other work on Sports Illustrated, si.com slash fantasy. Today, my article up there is sneaky starts for the week. So remember, sneaky starts means, you know, you're digging a little deep. You have some injuries. These are not players that you have to get in your lineup. They're a little bit slightly under the radar or players maybe you weren't thinking about starting and for one reason or another, whether it's an injury or they have a really good matchup, they might see more snaps or targets this week. So, uh, again, you know, you're not going to hit on every one of these because they're sneaky for a reason. Uh, they're not obvious starts. So you can check that out as well. I'll have Andy Singleton. He's part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. He is going to join me at 3.40 p.m. Eastern uh, to talk football with him. And uh, let's take a look at some of the news going on right now because injuries are going to be a big uh, thing again this week, uh, especially in that Kansas City backfield. And that's really what we're paying attention to this week uh, because uh, Damian Williams is not going to practice today. And he's considered very questionable for this week against the Ravens. Uh, LaShawn McCoy also dealing with an ankle injury. He is expected to practice today, but, you know, he's probably not 100%. So this means Darwin Thompson is probably going to see a good amount of snaps this week. And Darwin Thompson is someone that we talked about a lot in the preseason. He was someone that in the high stakes leagues was rising up to the seventh, eighth round uh, late in training camp. Because if you remember, he was essentially number two to Damian Williams. And there was a lot of concerns about Damian Williams going into draft season. If you remember, he was going early second round. Then he fell to the third because he had an injury to start camp. I think it was a hamstring injury. And then Andy Reid didn't commit to him as the RB1. So he started to fall to like the late third round, early fourth. Then he had a good preseason game and he was declared the one. So he moved back up and started going late second round, early third. But he's a player that I stayed away from. I was just worried about his durability. It was 
understandable to say, I want a running back attached to the Chiefs offense because we know how good that offense is, and we've seen the production from Andy Reid running backs, and especially with this Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. But my concern with Damian Williams was we've never really seen him do this over the course of a season. Yes, we saw him last year in a few-week sample perform very well and get it done and help people win championships. But that was last year. He's 27 years old. He's never had more than 50 carries in the season. And when you see someone that age not be able to show anything in the NFL level over the course of a season, you have to have question marks. I mean, it's already a position where injuries are going to happen, even to some of the most durable guys. So that was my worry about Damian Williams. And I didn't take him in any drafts. And he still might turn out to be a good value. I mean, maybe he sits this week, comes back, and he's good. So I'm not saying, oh, I'm right. It's just I had concerns, and they're already showing up twice. We saw the hamstring injury in early August, and now we're seeing a knee issue. So usually not practicing on Thursday is not a good sign, although it could change. You know, maybe he gets unlimited tomorrow. We went through this last week with Mike Williams, and I don't think anyone expected Mike Williams to play last week, but the news got better as the week went on, and he did wind up playing. It wasn't a great game. If you used him, it was fine. And PPR, he had three catches, 81 yards. But as we alluded to previously in the first hour, 47-yard Hail Mary pass at the end of the first half accounted for the bulk of that yardage. So if you are a Damian Williams owner, make preparations to be without him. Uh, Worst-case scenario, he plays, you can put him in. But it's always dicey with those players when they're game-time decisions. And there's never an easy answer. You know, there was a lot of people who benched Joe Mixon last week. Remember, Mixon was another guy we were unsure about. And if you bench Mixon, it worked out because he didn't do anything. But part of it was the offensive line was so bad, and they fell behind, they had to abandon the run. And again, if you start Mike Williams, do you, I guess it felt good if you got 11 points, right? So you just don't know. Each, into, uh, each circumstance is individual, and it's different. So uh, with Damian Williams, again, I, I don't think he plays this week. It's just uh, a gut. Uh, reaction based on what I'm seeing here and him not practicing on a Thursday, but this could all change tomorrow. But either way, Darren Thompson would play a good amount of the snaps, whether Williams is out or McCoy is not 100%. Because I just can't see McCoy coming off an ankle injury getting 20 to 25 touches. Don't see it's going to happen. So Thompson could be in the mix. Uh, certainly would become interesting in DFS. I haven't looked at his price yet, but I'm sure it's cheap. And in season-long leagues, it would really depend on what you have. But I know that Thompson is uh, owned in quite a few leagues. I went to check in the high-stakes leagues yesterday, and he, he was unavailable. So he might be available in your league. And there's a lot of people who are hurting at the running back position right now. So if you are, I suggest going to the waiver wire and looking and seeing if Darwin Thompson is there. In leagues with 16 roster spots, he could be. And I think most savvy owners that had Darwin Thompson obviously drafted him pretty early or at a high price tag. So they probably said, I'm not giving up so soon. Uh, Let's see what happens. But that's the thing is early in the year, some of those backup running backs that you take, they don't do much and people are quick to drop them. And that's where you have to pay attention. I always say it to the drops to see uh, you always go look through that list because you never know. There's probably a good player that was dropped. I know in one of my High stakes online leagues, Tevin Coleman was dropped. Someone dropped over 700 bucks on him. I would never do that because I'm not a huge Tevin Coleman fan, and that backfield is crowded, but you never know who's going to be dropped. Lots more news ahead, a lot of injuries. We'll go over it and what it means for your fantasy team here on Full Time Fantasy. 
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're helping you get all the way up the standings in your fantasy football leagues. And to do that, you head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50. You get the first two months for the price of one. Our week three rankings are out. So you can check them out. And I will tell you, they're always contrarian. So that's good. We're different. And a lot of times they hit. We've been top ten According to Fantasy Pros rankings, the accuracy rankings the last two years, we got our uh, preview of the week, uh, Thursday night football game between Tennessee and Jacksonville. So you can check that out, whether it's the showdown slate, Vegas slate, uh, week three stock watch as well, the week three running back report, and again, the message boards and forums where you could ask your specific questions catered to your individual needs uh, to help your fantasy football teams. Uh, SI.com slash fantasy as well. I have coverage over there. I have a few articles a week over there as well. Cam Newton didn't practice today. He was in a walking boot. It was funny. Ron Rivera's press conference. He is sick of talking about Cam Newton just because he said he doesn't have any news. So he goes, look, we're playing the Cardinals. I want to talk about the Cardinals. Give me questions on the Cardinals. So next question was about Cam. And he got mad. And he said, look, if you don't have any other questions, I'm not going to stay here. And he walked out. So he just said he doesn't have any further information on Cam Newton. He won't know till tomorrow. It's not sounding good. I doubt he plays. He didn't practice today. He was in a walking boot. So look for Kyle Allen to start this week. And I don't think it's going to be that detrimental for this offense. Just because, you know, those receivers were wide open last week. If you watched that game against Tampa Bay on Thursday night, I mean, there were guys wide open, and Cam Newton couldn't hit them. So they have another great matchup this week against Arizona. They're not a good defense. And actually, Carolina has actually been playing at a high pace this year. We know Arizona wants to play at that fast pace. So this could be a game where a lot of plays are run. Now, obviously, it could change with Kyle Allen. Maybe the Panthers slow things down a little bit, make it easier for him. We did see Allen appear last year. But with D.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel and Greg Olson – I don't think this will be that bad because the Panthers are just uh, – the receivers are open, but they're just not getting catchable passes. I mean, Cam Newton just was so inaccurate. Even when they were wide open, I know Curtis Samuel probably should have caught that pass when he went over the middle and it was slightly behind him. He should have caught it, but it wasn't the easiest pass. And any quarterback that's playing at 100% would have led Samuel and it would have turned into a big game. So I don't think it's going to be that bad uh, for those receivers this week. I mean, I'm still starting DJ Moore. No question about it. Curtis Samuel had a huge game last week, uh, for sure. So, you know, maybe he's not as high. I think D.J. Moore definitely is the number one. Uh, and Olsen, obviously, the tight end position is a disaster right now. I mean, Olsen is essentially a top 10 tight end this week. I mean, that's just the state of the position in the matchup. Going up against Arizona, who has been battered by tight ends. We saw T.J. Hawkinson have a huge week one, and then he was quiet at week two. Week one was against Arizona. 
We saw Arizona last week against Mark Andrews and a lot of touchdown to Hayden Hurst. Now, those are pretty good tight ends, but hey, Olsen was getting open last week. You know, that was impressive. It was a short week. Olsen had the back issue, was questionable going into the game, and he looked really good. So definitely he's a, a top 10 play this week for sure. More running back news. Devin Singletary did not practice today. He left the game last week late in the fourth quarter against the Jets. With a, not against the Jets, against the Giants. Bills played the Jets week one, Giants week two. Keep forgetting that because the same building. They both games were met life. But Singletary, probably not going to play would be my guess. And sucks because I thought Singletary was someone, you know, I mentioned after week one to buy low. He only had four carries that game. Now, he did play a huge percentage of the snaps, but most of the carries went to Frank Gore. I like what I've seen from Singletary, and I think it's a matter of time before he gets more carries in this offense. And I don't know if they're trying to ease him in because uh, Gore has gotten a huge workload. Gore has 30 carries for 88 yards, and that sucks. He was better last week, but Gore's actually a good play this week. I would not use him in DFS. He just doesn't have the ceiling. You know, I, Could he have two touchdowns? Sure. But Gore's not going to rush for 150. At least I don't think so. But it is the Bengals, and we saw what they did last week against San Francisco. But yeah, Gore's a good play this week in season long. If you need someone, I did see him pick up Picked up off the waiver wire in a couple leagues. Uh, so if you do have issues at running back or you know, you're know you looking for someone to fill in and Gore's out there, certainly he's in play this week uh, for sure. Uh, this is an interesting note here on the Raiders running back, Josh Jacobs. He's been sick and he's lost 10 pounds. That is not good at all. So haven't seen anything on his status because remember, he's also dealing with a groin injury. So... Uh, it's not the best spot this week. The Vikings are, I think, seven or eight point favorites at home. The one thing that I took away from last week is Jacobs wasn't involved in the passing game heavily. You know, week one, they played from ahead against Denver, and he got a huge workload, and we loved it. But he only had one reception in that game. And I think that's what we needed some answers after week one. And we did see that Jacobs not... Heavily involved last week when the team was playing from behind. So that's another situation where Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington could split if Jacobs can't play. So the Raiders don't have a high implied total this week on the road against a solid Vikings defense. I know obviously they gave up 21 points in the first quarter to Green Bay last week, but that was on the road. But then they held it down and limited the Packers offense the rest of the way. But uh, I did see Jalen Rashard pick up in, in a few leagues yesterday. In the high-stakes leagues, he was available in some. Certainly someone worth adding with 20 roster spots. I don't think you're going to start him uh, unless you're desperate and Jacobs gets ruled out. So, so we'll have to wait and see uh, the next day or two what happens with Jacobs. Uh, but there's that's not good news that he lost uh, 10 pounds, uh, that's for sure. As we mentioned in the first hour, Sterling Shepard is expected to clear concussion protocol today. So that is a, a big boost there for the Giants offense, and specifically Daniel Jones, who will start this week for the Giants. So, uh, you know, I'm not, not not in love with him this week. I mean, Saquon Barkley, yes. Evan Ingram, yes. Uh, I have Shepard in one league, but I will not be putting him in. I do have better options, and, you know, maybe you're out there and you don't. And you've had a lot of injuries, and you've been waiting for Shepard. But, you know, again, the Bucks' defense has played better than we thought. Again, I don't think it's one of the top ones in the NFL, but they have played better. Uh, they did give up over 300 yards to a hobbled Cam Newton last week, and there were receivers that were open. So 
that certainly inflates the numbers. But they're not a walkover like we initially thought going into the year. It looks like the thumb surgery for Drew Brees was a success. So they're saying that uh, six weeks is when they expect him to be back. So that's good news there for the Saints and Brees. I know, I'm sure most of his owners are probably, well, it depends on your league. So he's probably going to be held on to, I would think, in most leagues. Uh, But we're not sure exactly who is going to start for the Saints. Uh, It looks like Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill might split it. So just keep that in mind. If you picked up Bridgewater in a super flex league, he might not be as safe as you think. So uh, keep that in mind. So uh, it matters in super flex leagues if you're really desperate at quarterback. I mean, it's a possibility. You might have had Roethlisberger and Brees. It's certainly uh, possible, um, you know, where where that happens. Uh, we mentioned this yesterday, but Tyree Kill, his right arm no longer in a sling. So I don't know. Could he be back week four? Possible. I know Demarcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman owners probably don't want to hear that, but certainly those with Tyreek Hill investments certainly uh, don't mind that at all. Uh, according to the Miami Herald, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen shared first-team snaps in practice today. So Brian Flores said Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter for now. Does it even matter? I mean, really. There's no way, even in a super flex league, it is so bad, you can't even use a Dolphins quarterback. I would never put a Dolphins quarterback out there because you know Fitzpatrick could be pulled from the game at any time. Rosen hasn't looked good. They're going against the Cowboys. Again, this is just a complete disaster. The only guy you can really play for Miami right now to me is Preston Williams, and even that's a roll of the dice. Albert Wilson looked good to start the season, but he's dealing with a calf injury. He's doubtful to play this week and doesn't even want to be out there. So... They have Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Dallas is a 22.5-point favorite at home. I mean, this is just absolutely brutal right now for this team. Lots more injuries to talk about and what it means for your fantasy team this week. Also, take a look at some fab results from last night. That's ahead. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Back here, full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. Week 3 kicking off tonight. It'll be Jacksonville and Tennessee to kick it off. You can find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. James Conner back at practice today. So good news there. I know some people probably went and picked up Jalen Samuels if he was available. And that was still a good move because we don't know. Uh, the you know is Connor going to be able to hold up? Do they give him a diminished workload? But it looks like Connor will play this week. Certainly, being back at practice on a Thursday is definitely a good sign. So uh, that is uh, good for those that have Connor. Uh, you know, you, you're you're going to play him this week if he is out there. Tyrell Williams, he's dealing with a hip pointer. He did practice today. He was limited Wednesday, so it looks like it's a pain tolerance thing. But it looks like he's going to go. Does have a tough assignment this week. So against the Vikings on the road, 
But, you know, he's getting the targets in this offense. So uh, Tyrell Williams is going to be a solid play pretty much every week uh, with the way uh, he is going to get the targets in that offense. The Eagles wide receiver situation is really a mess right now. It doesn't sound like uh, all Sean Jeffrey or Deshaun Jackson uh, are going to be able to play this week or next week. Again, that's not official. The Eagles are saying they're day-to-day, but they canceled practice yesterday and had a walkthrough. So both are unlikely to play this week, which means Nelson Aguilar is going to see a ton of targets. We know he dropped that touchdown pass along the sideline. or would have been a touchdown. It looked like it. Uh, it probably... Would have went to a touchdown, but he still had double-digit targets, over 100 yards, so he's going to be a popular DFS play this week. And I know they have Matt Collins there, but J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, man, that's the guy. And I just didn't have anyone to really drop in a league where or pay the money to get him, but I do like him. It's just most of my leagues, the receivers are my strength because I tend to go wide receiver heavy. So I, I always look at that and go, oh, I hope I don't look back and say, oh, I should have gotten them because maybe the receivers I have are not as good as I thought or they get injured. But, you know, Ortega Whiteside, you know, I thought he was a good late-round pick, but I, I knew we needed injuries in front of him. And you just never know when the injury is going to come. And right now we have Deshaun Jackson dealing with a groin issue and Alshon Jeffrey dealing with a calf issue. That's going to open up. So Ortega Whiteside played over 90% of the snaps last week. He only had four targets and only one reception. But he wasn't part of the game plan. You know, all of that happened early in the game. You know, Dallas Goddard goes down. Jeffrey out. Jackson out. Now, all of a sudden, you have to throw him into the mix. And they didn't expect him to play that many snaps. So now they have the whole week to use him with the first-team offense and prepare him for the game plan. So definitely think he's a a good pickup, uh, especially for those with injuries at the wide receiver position. I think he is someone that's a sneaky start this week. I uh, really do think he can go off. We know he's talented, and he just needed the opportunity. So, uh, especially in deeper formats, uh, you can look at him this week. Tight end position is a mess, and this doesn't help. Jimmy, Groin, Jimmy Graham, dealing with a groin injury, he did not practice today. And the Packers have already promoted tight end Evan Bayless from the practice squad. And that means it's a sign that they're concerned that Jimmy Graham doesn't play. And it's funny because... Uh, for sneaky starts on SI.com, I put in Jimmy Graham, and I wrote it yesterday. So that is something now that changes because it's a good matchup against Denver. Denver has really struggled against tight ends. I think it's 14 receptions they've allowed the first two weeks, and it's not like they have gone against uh, teams that use the tight end a lot. They went against the Bears last week, and they really don't throw much at the tight ends. They really don't complete passes to anyone. So the Broncos have been vulnerable against tight ends. It would have been a good matchup for Jimmy Graham, but uh, the indication is he might not play. Mark Andrews, we mentioned yesterday, he was not practicing due to a foot injury, but he is fine. He kind of did this last week too, so you might see this, that they're just going to rest them, but Andrews in a great spot again. Should be a very high-scoring game against the Chiefs. Fun game to watch this week with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. That is clearly the game of the week. Looking forward to that. And you can't bench Mark Andrews. I know you might have gotten him as your second tight end. Uh, depends who you have as your first. But I got to think in most instances you're playing Andrews. If you got Andrews and Kelsey, yeah, that's a nice problem to have. And uh, maybe you can trade in that format and make a trade. Or So I guess it's possible you could flex the tight end depending on the rest of your roster. But that's a nice problem to have right now 
since so many people are searching for a tight end. It is a very, very thin position. Marlon Mack did not practice again today. He is dealing with a calf injury. Now, the Herald Bulletin, which covers the team, said there's a decent chance Mack suits up against the Falcons. But, uh, again, that's not, that's just our reporter giving their opinion. So Marlon Mack is absolutely someone to keep an eye on. Uh, Jordan Wilkins would be the beneficiary. I think you'll see a little bit in your minds in the passing game, but Wilkins getting most of the touches. Wilkins had a nice run last week. So that is a name that could be on the waiver wire as well, and uh, especially when it comes to the high-stakes leagues. Again, the Friday waiver wire run tends to go underlooked by people. Now, you can't pick up players that were dropped on Wednesday, but there's a lot of these uh, last-minute things with uh, injuries that come out or someone getting hurt at Thursday, Friday practice. So you got to pay attention. And, and remember that Friday night waiver wire run at 10 p.m., you can get guys very cheap. You usually don't see anyone go for a really high. Now, if it's a, if Jordan Wilkins slipped through the cracks, you know, he might go a little bit higher uh, just because of the situation. But usually you can get players for very cheap. It's happened to me plenty of times in the past. Jordan Reed still not practicing with that concussion, so could miss another week. Unfortunately, Vernon Davis, who has been solid the first two weeks, tough matchup against the Bears, so he is not as appealing this week uh, when you're looking at the bottom of the barrel tight ends. Wanted to take a look at some fab results from last night, really just to kind of give you an idea of where players go for in the high-stakes leagues and kind of fab strategy. I always talk about this. It's so different in every league. So one of the leagues I'm looking at is it's an online championship. Devin Smith of the Cowboys went for 203. The runner-up was 129. A little surprised by this. Devin Smith, to me, he's, I guess, you know, you could make a case for the next few weeks. Look, he's going to play in Michael Gallup's spot. He's got some speed. And the Cowboys have been taking chances downfield. Now, this week, it's a good play. You know, especially if you have some injuries and in this format. You know, Devin Smith can score a touchdown this week easily against Miami. I mean, we've seen what they've done. So, he's not a bad play. Uh, and, you know, he'll, he'll have probably, you know, anywhere from two to four games. I mean, he, he did have a touchdown last week uh, with Gallup uh, active. Uh, but we have a call on the line. Uh, who do we got? Jason from California. What's up? How's it going, man? What's up? Hey, I, I, got a, I got a question, but I'm one of them guys that got uh, big, big Ben, you know, and he's out for the year. So my thing is this. I picked up Jameis Winston because uh, I got Godwin and Evans both on my team. Now, my thing is this. I need a flex this week, and I was really wanting to play Sanders. But I also got – see, I got like Devontae Adams. I can't sit Devontae Adams. Uh, so which one of them – which one of them Tampa dudes should I sit? Uh, I don't think you can sit either guy from Tampa. You can, I, huh? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a good okay. matchup against so, the Giants. They've had 10 days to to recuperate from the last game. I, I think this is a game where the Tampa Bay is really going to open it up, and they want to show <laughs> that this offense is good. So uh, I, I would play Godwin, I would play Evans, and I would play Adams. I know Emmanuel Sanders has looked tremendous this year, but it is a tough spot on the road. Against against Emmanuel Sanders. What? The guy I got's got Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, oh. So why were you? I thought you said you were de- deciding. Between no, I'm, I'm going against Emmanuel. That's what I'm uh, doing. So he, why are you? He, 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 why are you worried he, about that? Who cares who your opponent has? 
Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not worried about that. I, I thought maybe you said I had a manual standard. I, I, I misunderstood you, bro. My bad. No, that's what it sounded like. You said something that you had Sanders and Adams. So. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, my bad. It's uh, Sanders from the Eagles. Oh. Oh, so you're deciding between starting Miles Sanders and who? Devontae Adams? No, no. Well, no. In, in the flat. Well, I can't. See, that's the thing. I don't want to sit Devontae Adams, so I'll just probably. But you told me you told me not to sit any because I got uh one, one of the guys they got they got hesitant and they dropped OJ Howard too. So I just said, hey, I'm gonna take OJ Howard too. I'm just gonna get the four stuff. But I don't. I'm. I think I just. I don't know, but I'm not gonna do OJ Howard this week, bro. So what is your decision that you have to make? My decision, my decision was what, which one of them uh, Tampa Bay guys to sit down, but like you said, I shouldn't sit down any, so I think you should just answer my question. Bro. Well, no, it all depends. I mean, you can't sit Devontae Adams. I know he has a tough matchup, but, you know, Adams has to yeah. play too, so I don't know how many roster spots right, you have. Right, so I'm going to put – this is my thing. I'm going to put Devontae in. I'm going to keep him in. I'm going to keep Godwin, and I'm going to keep Evans. And so then I guess I'll just put one of them guys in my place. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 if you have two receivers in a flex, sure. But, uh, you know, ask your commissioner to add a spot to the starting lineup next year. True that. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right, no problem. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, especially if you're going to listen to this channel, follow us at Full-Time Fantasy, you know, you're going to have good depth in your lineup. And I think you want to be able to play those players. So I know there's leagues with two running backs, two receivers, and a flex. It's a shallow lineup, man. You got to ask your commissioner to extend it. Add a another wide receiver spot. You should be starting three receivers. Add another flex spot. I mean, that's what we do at the Fantasy Football World Championships, which I like. I want a bigger starting lineup. You should be rewarded if you know what you're doing and you find someone late. You know, what if you drafted, you know, John Ross late this year or Marquise Brown and the rest of your lineup's good? You should be able to play those guys. So we have two running backs, three receivers, two flex spots with the tight end and the quarterback, kicker, and the defense. I love the more deep lineup. So make sure you alert your commissioner and let them know for next year. We talk about it all, all offseason, but always bring it up for next year. When we return, I'm going to be joined by Andy Singleton. He's part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. We'll talk football with him next and preview tonight's game here on Full-Time Fantasy. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern on the Thursday afternoon. Joining me now, it is Andy Singleton. He's part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network, and you can find him all over. Andy, what's up, and where can people find you? Oh, Adam, I always love coming on because your, your intro music to my segments are always uh, something I wasn't expecting, but makes me reminisce and brings me back. So oh, I, definitely, I right? Like that aspect alone. Uh, easiest place to find me on Twitter at People's Plan. Just look for my name, Andy Singleton. Uh, post shamelessly post links to everything I uh, do and I'm a part of, and share a lot of other stuff as well, including full time fantasy network stuff. So, uh, easiest place is just to find me on Twitter. But I also have my website, Expand the Box Score. So, if you're looking for some other content and in depth, uh, advanced statistics for not only the NFL but NCAA college football as well, give us a look. Expand the Box Score.com. 
Definitely check him out. Uh, let's talk about tonight's game. I know it's not the most appealing for fantasy. Uh, let's look at it from the Jacksonville side. Is there anyone else that you feel good about using tonight outside of London Fournette? And I don't even know, do you feel great about him? He has been involved heavily in the passing game at least, but uh, what do you look at tonight from a Jacksonville perspective? First and foremost, I really don't like Thursday night games just to begin with. There's always something funky that feels like happens with them, whether it be weather or poor performances or, you know, great performances. Uh, probably more indicative of the other team, you know, not being ready. Uh, the short week is always troublesome, you know, for, for these athletes, especially at this level. So uh, I always find it a little uh, odd Thursday nights, and I, I try not to put too much stock into it. Uh, you know, when, when you look at your typical matchup things, and, uh, you know, as far as Jacksonville goes, I mean, Tennessee has been pretty brutal against the tight end position so far, so I was really hoping that we'd get a chance to see what Josh Oliver could do for Jacksonville, but unfortunately, the rookie tight end has been sidelined. Uh, to start the season. Uh, outside of that, you, you, how can you not be a fan of Gardner Minshew at this point? Uh, so, you know, depending on what league you're in, if it's a super flex league and you got two QBs or you're in a deep league, uh, you know, I, I feel comfortable with Minshew. I, I trust his judgment. He's never been the type of player to wow you, but he's between the ears solid and can execute a game plan. So I like that aspect of Minshew. Uh, he's made some of these wide receivers relevant. When you look at DJ Shark and Chris Conley in particular, uh, you, you know, it's not Marquise Lee and Didi Westbrook who a lot were ready to proclaim heading into the season. But DJ Shark, you know, the, the top draft pick from last year and Chris Conley who had all the hype around him comes over from Kansas City. So I kind of like these guys as low end wide receiver two, wide receiver three plays. Uh, even in the flex spot. Uh, but like you said, I mean, Leonard Fournette's really the only guy you'd say that, that's your bona fide starter from the Jacksonville squad for tonight. Yeah, I do think you make a case for the receivers. Maybe you can consider them uh, depending on what you have. But obviously you don't want to go all in on this game. On the Tennessee side, obviously Derrick Henry, we know he's going to get a huge workload. He had a big game against this team last year late in the year. That was his big 200-yard rushing game with the four touchdowns. But why receiver-wise? I mean, Corey Davis was shut out week one. We have seen glimpses from A.J. Brown. Adam Humphreys has done nothing. Uh, Delaney Walker, obviously, is someone at the tight end position. It's so thin you're going to start him. But any interest at all in the Tennessee receivers, or are you just staying away from them? Yeah, I think I'm just staying away from them. I, I need to see some consistency. Yeah, I mean, look at Corey Davis. is supposed to be breaking out this year. Didn't get a single target in week one. Finally gets on the scoreboard in week two. He's always kind of been up and down and consistent, so it's, it's just not enough there to make you feel confident. Uh, A.J. Brown, same kind of thing. You know, highly proclaimed rookie coming out. He's shown some glimpses of what he can do, but, you know, it all comes back to the quarterback play, and Marcus Mariona just does not have confidence in any of the receivers that you would start from a fantasy angle. So it, it kind of waters down their value. And Derrick Henry is really, again, you look at Jacksonville, we're talking about Fournette. Derrick Henry is the only real play uh, from a fantasy aspect if you have those options. I mean, it's only week three, so you shouldn't be so decimated that, you know, you feel like you're looking for uh, certain guys, but uh, it depends on how you draft it. I mean, if, if Corey Davis was a guy that you were relying on to be a wide receiver, two or three type for you, you might be stuck in that position depending on how you fared on waivers over the last couple of weeks, but I don't think I'd be putting much stock into any of these guys outside of Henry and maybe Delaney Walker, depending on your tight end needs. 
Yeah, I really hope those Corey Davis investors were able to get Marquise Brown, Terry McLaurin, or something else, because you cannot rely on Corey Davis right now. Uh, Mason Rudolph taking over for the Steelers, and everyone's reaction initially whenever the starting quarterback goes down, especially a Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, oh, it's going to be terrible. Will it be that bad for Pittsburgh with Mason Rudolph? How do you think this affects the rest of the Steelers? I really don't think it's that bad as people think. I mean, I wrote uh, James Washington up for a fantasy pose yesterday and was talking about Mason Rudolph kind of getting buried and I, what I labeled the class of the past. When you think about all the quarterbacks he came out with, with Lamar Jackson, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, uh, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield. I mean, I had Rudolph right at that back end top five of last year's class. So I've always been a big fan of Mason Rudolph. I like what this guy could do. He's, he's a big traditional, you know, pocket passing QB. He can uh, float around in the pocket and, and avoid some trouble. He's not the most agile, the most mobile, but he's not a stiff either. And he's got a big downfield arm. And that was on display at Oklahoma State. I mean, there wasn't a lot of defense going on in that conference, but he had such a great rapport with James Washington and Marcel Aitman while he was uh, a cowboy at Oklahoma State. And, I mean, you look at the Steelers' offense, it's completely changed when you talk about what's going on with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown out of there and Juju off to, you know, the uh, not 100% healthy start. So I think this is just a complete changing of the guard for Pittsburgh. And it's Rudolph's team. He's not going anywhere. It's not the same situation as New Orleans where Breeze is coming back at some point. You know, this is Rudolph's team. Big Ben is out for the year. So you got a lot of games left, a lot of season left, 14 games. And he still came in and he threw two touchdowns in his debut. So I definitely think this is a guy that can get going. I, I think James Washington is going to thrive the most as a result of it. And I go back to that chem, you know, that chemistry they developed in college together, and that was evident in the preseason as well. So I don't think you could discount, you know, discount certain things here. Um, I kind of like the matchup with San Fran this week, and at the same time I'm kind of – worried that, you know, San Fran might be a nice defense you could pick up. I think Rudolph might throw something like two picks, but he could also throw two or three touchdowns. So I think he can be a, a decent fantasy quarterback this week, and I also think the defense he's going against could be pretty solid as well, which is not always the case that you can pair, you know, opposition and uh, and player you're starting and, and fail well with both of them. So I'm fine with Rudolph. I like him a lot. Hope you're right. I paid $33 for him in a super flex league where I'm really hurting at quarterback, so might have to get him in there sometime soon. Talking to Andy Singleton, part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Devontae Freeman owners right now, their pants are brown, man. They're really worried. Uh, They have an upset stomach watching him play the first two weeks. But he has gone against Philly and Minnesota, two good run defenses. Do you think this is a sign of things to come and we saw more Edo Smith ahead, or you think Freeman... We'll be fine and turn it around. Oh, well, this is the week to see if that pans out. I mean, on paper, Indianapolis has been giving up the third most points to fantasy running backs that they oppose. So uh, if Freeman can't get going this week, then, yeah, I would say that Brown uh, turns a a little bit of a darker shade or spreads out a little more because uh, it it might be time to worry about Devontae Freeman. You know, you you mentioned the defenses he's gone up against, but I'm not really worried about Edo Smith or Quadri Olsen or anybody else you want to throw uh, in that backfield. I mean, this is his role. He doesn't have to really worry about sharing touches if he can get going and get healthy. I know the, the 
work hasn't necessarily been there, but again, that could be attributed to some of the defenses and just working back into, uh, you know, having missed time with the injuries and everything like that. So I'm fine with Freeman, and I think you have to take the gamble and trust the the resume and say, listen, he's got a great matchup on paper this week. And running back, there's a lot of what-ifs and question marks. So if you're playing DFS or something like that, I think Devontae Freeman is at the cheapest you're going to get him, and he could easily return running back one value. Speaking of disappointing running backs, Joe Mixon, 27 rushing yards through the first two games, and we had someone call earlier. People are trying to buy low on Mixon from him. He's not getting good offers. Is Mixon a running back, if you're in a trading league, you would attempt to buy low on, or do you think the offensive line issues in Cincinnati are just too much for him to overcome? No, I definitely think the offensive line issues are a problem, but they weren't necessarily that much better, if at all, last year. So I'm not necessarily worried that that is what's affecting him. I do think game scripts, you know, I think they're going to be trailing a lot. I think they're going to be passing a lot. But he can be plenty valuable as a receiver out of the backfield as well. Uh, I would definitely be looking to buy Joe Mixon on the cheap if you're able to. If somebody's panicked or worried, uh, I do like this Bengals offense on as a whole. And like I said, you, you look at what Mixon did last year, and the line wasn't any better. So I, I don't think that's something that is detrimental to his success. So if you can get Joe Mixon on the cheap, uh, this this is proving to be uh, a very bleak position, uh, running back position, that is, uh, for any type of confidence, you know, on a week-to-week basis for who you want to start. So uh, if you can get a guy that you feel like week in and week out, you're starting him regardless yeah, definitely. Grab him cheap if you can. Talking to Andy Singleton of the Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Daniel Jones takes over at quarterback for Eli Manning. We figured this would happen at some point this year. It happens in week three. Is this a, a boost for the Giants offense considering how bad Eli looked? Or are there still questions to be answered? We saw Jones in the preseason. He looked very good. But what's the outlook for the Giants offense going forward with Jones at quarterback? Yeah, so one of the things I do in the offseason is I cover the NFL draft, as you know. And Jones, go back and check the profile I did on him. One of my favorite quarterbacks of this class. And part of it was because I became a fan of his. Uh, I, I don't think he's a ready-made, polished product, but I think he's a lot, lot better than people want to believe. And I, I think you're going to see that. We started to see that in the preseason. He didn't have a lot of talent around him at Duke. This guy is an absolute gamer. He's the type of, he's the coach's kid. He's the guy who's the first, you know, to the field. He's the last to leave. And I know that sounds cliche, but, you know, I just think back to that game he played against Miami in the mud bowl, you know, just a filthy, dirty uniform, pouring rain, and he's still out there grinding. He gives the Giants something that Eli Manning cannot give, and that's some mobility. Uh, He's definitely much more versatile as a runner, a little bit kind of like a Josh Allen. I mean, he actually is much more willing to run than you almost want him to be sometimes. He's, He's aggressive in that way. Uh, but I think that's definitely something that can aid the Giants' offense at this time. Uh, Eli's just going to sit in the pocket. He's really not going to be mobile at all. And Daniel Jones could extend plays with his legs. So I really think this is a positive move going forward for the Giants' offense as a whole, especially uh, the receivers, especially Evan Engram, especially Saquon Barkley, just to be able to move the chains and keep the offense on the field. I don't know if it's going to result in a whole bunch of touchdown passes for him, uh, but like I said, you want your offense on the field to get some more opportunities and reps, and I definitely think he gives the Giants a better opportunity for that right now. I mean, when you look at Arizona and what they did moving on from Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray, part of that was because 
of the mobility that Kyler Murray offers. And that's kind of what I see similar with Daniel Jones and as opposed to Eli Manning, where he just would be a better fit for this offense right now uh, for where they are. So I definitely uh, am confident in Daniel Jones going forward. And again, similar to Mason Rudolph, I'm not saying he's going to be you know, QB1 the rest of the way, but I definitely think you'll get some value out of him. And I wouldn't be afraid to play him in fantasy leagues. All right, good stuff as always, Andy. Again, remind people where they can find you. Yeah, just find me on Twitter. Search Andy Singleton. I'm the fighter fighter dribbling the basketball at People's Pen, People's with the Z. And uh, please give a look to expandtheboxscore.com. Uh, like I said, advanced stats for NFL and college football. Every touch for every player is documented, so uh, you can see a lot of cool stuff there that you're not getting in other places. All right, Andy, thanks a lot, and good luck in fantasy this weekend. You as well, Adam. Appreciate you having me. Until the soon. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up with any late-breaking news here. Full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis as we get ready for week three to kick off tonight. Again, find me fulltimefantasy.com. Any specific questions, ask them on the message boards and forums. Talking earlier about fab and just... I've always said it's one of the most difficult things to teach people because it just varies from league to league. And I'll give you examples. Just looking at an online championship last night, Jordan Wilkins, right? Okay, you think he's a, a good pickup, and he is. And our boy Phil from Kentucky, who calls into the show, uh, $89 on Jordan Wilkins. There's no runner up bid. So he could have got him for 12 but you don't know that. And you know in a league like this that people are paying attention and they're sharp, and they probably saw the Marlon Mack news. So... You look and you're like, oh, I got Jordan Wilkins. Great, 89 bucks. Oh, no, there was no runner-up bid. And then Ty Johnson in this league goes for $81. The runner-up bid was $81. It was a tiebreaker. The same team. Darrell Williams, 71 bucks, also a tiebreaker. So, you know, sometimes you get lucky. Like Ty Johnson in one of my online leagues went for like 135 I got him in two leagues for 44-47. One of them had no runner-up bid. So in one league, he goes for 135 Right? And I had a bid in on that league, too. I don't think I was the runner-up. I was in the 40s. And then in another league, I go 44, and there's no runner-up bid. So it's always difficult to figure out. So in one league, I get him 44, no runner-up bid, and I'm like, oh, I could have gotten him for 4 bucks. In the other league, he goes for 135, and I'm not close. So Fab is very, very difficult to tell people. And I know I write that fab article, and I always put it at the top, so I give you a gauge, a range. So it's going to be like 150 to 200, but you go higher or lower depending on your need. Maybe you're the carry-on Johnson owner. Maybe you are stuck at running back. Because remember, C.J. Anderson was released by the Lions. Ty Johnson, they've been happy with. He's been playing a bigger role. So you just don't know. Ortega Whiteside in this one, 57. The runner-up's 39. That could be a good buy. It might only be one, two weeks, but you never know. What if he comes in? And does great. They might find a way to keep him in the offense. And we know Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson have always been a little prone to injuries at times, and they are getting older. So, yeah, just the lesson here is, you know, Fab, not always easy to figure out. And you kind of have to look at your league, see how they're aggressive. And uh, sometimes you're going to do well. Sometimes you're going to miss out. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Friday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 